0: It's time, once again. I'm Vox, an informed jack who tells tales, and this is The Signal. The greatest dangers in our world can come from terrible creatures, deadly ruins, a harsh environment, or a smiling friend with a sharpened blade. If you can hear me, take note. This broadcast is for and about Mulin, the resplendent capital of the steadfast kingdom of Iskabal a city of towering edifices and deep catacombs of arts and culture, and lies and murder. You must make sure this information reaches Moulin. If you're in Mulin, listen closely. A visitor to Moulin would see a wondrous city of tall towers, raised highways, beautiful gardens, and colorful mosaics. It is, in many ways, a city of dreams, fitting, considering the obsession of the final queen of the Saramir dynasty. But that city of dreams is but a veneer upon a den of nightmares. In the shadows of the towers, behind closed doors, and under the streets in the twisting passages, terrible plots are afoot. A thousand thousand schemes, each more murderous than the last, and all toward the same end. Power, control of Mulin, and thus control over Iskabal. And for the quick witted, the sly, and the ambitious, Mulin is a city of intrigue that provides endless opportunities. Just know that everyone who lives in Mulin eventually ends up working for one or more of the factions. And there are many to choose from, from obvious power players like the paranoid King to Caliban or his rivals Bren and Kor, the Sons of Saramir. One could work for the manipulative Queen Thera and her sinister masked legion. The less scrupulous could join the underworld empire of the Dracogen, or even join the ranks of the infamous Cold Grasp, killing for coin. But these are just among the most well-known factions in a city overflowing with agendas. One could fall in with the Princess of Smiles. Moulin is a city known for its arts, theater, and culture, and many of the most well-known creative minds in the Steadfast have found patronage after a noteworthy showing in Iscobal. But for every artist who rubs shoulders with the rich and powerful, there are a hundred who live on the streets, eking out a meager living. Many of these artists have come together to form the Motley Court of the Princess of Smiles. An affiliation of revolutionary street performers, poets, artists, comedians, vandals, and philosophers. The Motley Court seeks to use their ideas and their art to enact social change. They ruthlessly satirize those in power, attack all those they see as abusing the common good for their own ambition. They hope to incite the people of Iscobal to stand up to their corrupt rulers and take matters into their own hands. They have popular support. Suffice to say, the Motley Court has earned the unending ire of every noble house, from the Tecalabans to the Ceramirs, and they often run afoul the underworld as well. They refuse to bend to the will of the Dracogen. The Masked Legion has been unable to sufficiently crack down on them because the thriving art scene in Iskabal could suffer, and it's impossible to tell which artists are members. Subversive gatherings and street performances dissipate into the crowds too quickly for anyone to be caught. no member of the masked legion has ever successfully infiltrated the group the identity of the princess of smiles herself is unknown except that when she does make a rare appearance she is a masked nimble acrobat and mime who never speaks she is a friend of the people delights in the laughter of children and is notorious for escaping even the most dire situation it is possible She is one person, or many people regularly wearing the mantle, whoever or whatever she is. She is the undisputed leader of the Motley Court and its artists. This group is always willing to welcome new creative and revolutionary minds into their community. Just be careful not to betray them, or you could be found in the gutter wearing a crimson smile. The fall of the Ceramere dynasty was partly hinged upon the whimsy of Queen Weneth and her fascination with the world of dreams. So focused was she on the worlds within her mind that she became blind to the political realities around her, and she lost her throne soon after. But in spite of her fall, subsequent exile, and eventual death, Queen Weneth's dreams never strayed far from her home, and she was a very powerful dreamer. Powerful enough, perhaps that she managed to tap into an alternate subconscious world. And perhaps she lives there still. And perhaps that is why her ghost has been seen in the city of Mulan. The official word from Queen Thera is a flat denial of any truth of the rumors and sightings of Weneth. Those who claim to have seen her are often visited shortly afterward by members of the Masked Legion, and they quickly recant their stories. Bren and Saramir, however, Have used these rumored sightings of their mother as a rallying cry to bolster support. Her appearances, they say, are a sign that she backs their cause to return their family to power. And yet, this luminous apparition has not appeared to either of her sons. And indeed, she seems uninterested in her family's struggles. If anything, she seems to have carried her obsession into death. Her appearances only come at night and she seems to only appear to those who have woken from dark nightmares. It may also be worth mentioning that six people have died in their sleep in the past two months in Mulan. Is she the cause of dark, deadly dreams? Or is she somehow protecting people from a greater danger? Is it even the late queen herself or merely something wearing her shape? And where is the apparition coming from? An interested Numenera hunter could find some answers and perhaps an interesting story to share along the way. There are other rumors in Moulin. One of the glittering towers along the banks of the Weir River is said to be cursed. For generations, it was home to the Telorinal family, and for generations they knew nothing but hardship and tragedy within its walls. The tower now lies abandoned, but several family treasures remain within, and Porum, to Lorinal is willing to pay handsomely if someone is brave enough to venture within. However, he is not forthcoming about why the building is said to be cursed. There is a flowering plant in one of the grand gardens in the heart of Mulin, which blooms but once a year under the light of a red moon. It said the first person to ask the flower a question will find their answer within a week. Recently, an automaton calling itself Myr has set up shop in the catacombs under the city. Myr will sharpen any cutting edge to a seemingly impossible level for free, but only if there is blood upon the blade. No one knows why. The hour grows late and it is time to end this broadcast. To everyone in Mulin, sleep with one eye open, and trust no one. To everyone else who can hear me, keep listening. I'll be back with more tales from the steadfast and the beyond. Yay to see, Numenera hunters. I'm Vox, and Signal. Numenera is a role-playing game written and designed by Monty Cook. Numenera The Signal is a podcast written and produced by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Signal theme song is The Complex by Kevin MacLeod and Incompetech.com. If you have a tale, report a story you'd like to share, you can reach Vox through Twitter at VoxJack or online at voxjack at gmail.com.